0: This episode is brought to you in part by Visions Federal Credit Union, a proud supporter of The People Chronicles, a community storytelling project managed by Humanity Works Two, a 501c3. Visions Federal Credit Union, money matters to people, people matter to us. visionsfcu.org and Queen City Restaurant, where good friends meet for good food, queencityreading.com. Hello and welcome to the People Chronicle Storied Women. My name is Anna Rosen-Gara Milch and I am your host. I am also the author of Lunch with Lucille. Lunch with Lucille is a story of how one woman's life impacted another woman. And so what we do here at Storied Women is we bring women from our community to share their story so we can understand how they took an adversity in their life and made it an advantage. So today my guest is Stacy Jordan. Hello, Hello Stacy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you being here. Now the first question we always ask our guests here is, what is it that you want the takeaway to be from our chat?
1: I think um, the thing that I would like people to take away from our chat is that people should not be ashamed of sharing their story. Um, You never know in life when you might be telling your story to the person who needs to hear it the most um, and how that might inspire them moving forward.
0: Oh, I, so I, th- I guess like the People Chronicles is the place for you to be then today because <laughs> today, that's exactly what we do. I mean, and I, and I think that a lot of us hold things in. Perhaps we don't want to share it because we're afraid of being judget, j- judged or, or we're embarrassed or whatever it is. Yes. But we do want to, sh- but it is very important to share our story. So if you could you, if you could be that adventurer for the day and, sure. share and be willing to share your story, we would appreciate that.
1: Sure. Um, so I'll share part of my story. It's part of your story. Um, in 2015, I lost my son Brandon to um, an heroin overdose. Um, it was Christmas Eve and it was a really difficult, well, it's difficult anytime, but then on Christmas Eve, it even made it more difficult. Um, I think that sharing that information with people sometimes stuns them. Um, they aren't expecting that information. It sometimes makes people very uncomfortable. Um, people will ask how many children I have and I always start with four and I let them know that you know Brandon passed away and you see people becoming very uncomfortable. Um, the thing that I feel is important is that there isn't anyone or very few people left in our area or many other areas that have not been um, affected by opioid use. Um, misuse and overdose so that's something that um, I find very important to just keep talking about because it hasn't always been easy Um, there is definitely still a stigma attached to it and I can tell you that while Brandon was struggling in addiction um, it was very difficult for me to talk about
0: yeah so while he was struggling in addiction you were well aware of it
1: I was well aware, aware of it eventually, um, not when his addiction started. I mean, I think that he struggled longer than I had realized. Um, I spent a lot of time kind of uh, making excuses or reasoning it away, you know, normal teenage behavior, um, just kind of dabbling, experimenting, and that was mostly with alcohol use or marijuana use um, that I was aware of. Uh, his addiction. Spiraled, and but when it did, he was living on his own. So I started to um, notice different behaviors and signs, and I realized that we had moved into something deeper than I was aware of. Um, so when I did realize it, then it went really quickly. Um, I was able to get him into treatment. Um, he completed a thirty-day treatment program, um, and when he came home, I he quickly relapsed. Um, And then after that, unfortunately, he started um, acting out in like criminal behaviors that he had to steal and do other things to support his addiction. So he ended up wrapped up in the criminal justice system.
0: Which uh, obviously didn't help him.
1: No, it did not help him. Um, He went through one county jail and two state prisons. Uh, he then was released to a rehab facility and then a CCC, and uh, eventually he lost his life while he was living in the CCC, which is a correctional halfway house.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so I didn't understand that he, he, was, uh, he, he was in a facility when this happened. Yes, he was.
1: Yes, he was. Mm-hmm.
0: So can you share with us... What is life afterwards? Mm. I mean, I'm a mother, mm-hmm. and um, I know that there are very many mothers watching this. Sure, some of us who have children who are in a in this a similar situation, um, and some who just are you know are removed from it. Right. But can you? What happens to the mother? What mm-hmm. happens to the people left behind? Mm-hmm. Um, It looks different for everybody,
1: and that's the one thing I want to stress. Grief does not look the same for everyone. I have, I'm a mother of four sons, um, so. You only have sons? Yes. Yes. I only have four. I have four sons. Um, The ones left behind, Mason is 22, Owen is 21, and Cole is 18, and the journey for each one of them looked very different. Um, the older two boys really struggled with losing their brother, um, and they acted out in different ways than my younger son. He was a little more sensitive and kind of held it more within, um, where the other two boys sort of acted out, um, and they, they did use, um, marijuana and alcohol to kind of cope with getting through their,
0: um, the loss of their brother. Did that, did that freak you out? I mean, what? Yes. Yes. (laughs) yes I I don't even need to pause to say yes that really freaks me out just scare the hell you know yes
1: because I was so fearful that we were taking the same journey
0: yeah
1: um and I think the other thing that happens afterwards for me I became somewhat um I became afraid of the world
0: I I can understand why yes
1: I was afraid that I was going to lose another child. I was fearful that you know, they would end up locked up like their brother. Um, I was fearful that I would never be able to get back to a normal. Um, and I am still working on that normal. It, it's not necessarily here yet, but I can say that I am finding joy in life again. So you can get to that point. It just takes time and healing.
0: Yeah, so what type of healing, you know, what type of healing have you, process have you gone through? What What has your journey been like?
1: Mm-hmm. So for me, um, it is sharing my story. It is doing work in the community or otherwise um, to share my story, so I joined the um, Opioid Coalition. Right,
0: the SOS Burks? Yes. So we sit on the SOS Burks um, Task Force together.
1: Yes. And so I've been able to use my voice somewhat, um, make the community more aware, uh, attend events, and just even be in a room with other people that really care about this topic and issue and fighting to end it. Um, So that's been amazing. Uh, I also started doing some part-time work as a behavioral health tech at White Deer Run. So I am working with um, people who are seeking recovery in rehab. So White Deer
0: Run is a recovery center?
1: Yes, it's a rehab facility, um, a 30-day rehab facility. So I get to work, um, do direct service with others who are struggling in addiction. So that's been amazing. Um, And able to share my story even with them. Um, at times where it's appropriate. Um, Sometimes, you know, they all have people who love them and hearing my story kind of brings that back around and and brings some self-awareness for them. But it's also very cathartic for me because I think I said to you earlier um, there's many many Brandon's there and Brandon was an amazing human being um, and to see them you know, working towards recovery and getting themselves back to life, that really makes my heart happy.
0: Well, you're an amazing human being. Oh, thank you. You, you really are. Um, your strength is just insp- is, is inspirational. I mean, oh, it, thank it, you. it really is. And I know that uh, you are not by trade, so to speak, a social worker. No. Right? <laughs> so you come out of?
1: Criminal, criminal justice. Criminal justice, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, as do I. And you moved into this different type of, so do you think you would have moved it, uh, so wholeheartedly into this new area of, of career choice?
1: I think that I, I spent eight years working at children and youth, and this was before Brandon's struggles or um, addiction, or I was aware of it anyway. Um, and I can say that I felt the punitive yes yes. i I felt it was more punitive than restorative and that was something that i always wanted to get back to Um, i did an internship at the uh, domestic violence center in lancaster county and that was very powerful for me and that's where i've landed again so i feel like i am now assisting and helping and walking with people rather than punishing them for where
0: they're at sure yeah, mm-hmm. de- I definitely mm-hmm. get it. So,
1: I'm not sure that my direction would have taken me necessarily to drug and alcohol, um, but it always was to get back on the restorative
0: end of it. Yeah. So, so tell me, is, well, you, you talked a little bit about the word stigma, mm-hmm. and, you know, and they say that you know, that is really the, the, the problem with their opioid epidemic is dealing with the stigma. Mm-hmm. And your willingness to share the story, though, is what flattens that stigma. Yes. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just it. It can happen to anybody, Mm -hmm. any family. Mm -hmm. You know, and yet you have used it, I think, admirably to help other Brandons. Which is just it. It it truly is an inspiration. Thank Um, you. So we're going to wrap up in a second, but I just want what's the one thing that you want other mothers? Mm. What What could you, you know, can you tell a mother who is listening to this and saying, Mm -hmm. "I see it coming," you know.
1: I think the thing that I have found very helpful and useful is there's other mothers out there who have gone through this. They are there to support one another. Um, I know that I have been able to connect with through friends, family, community members, other mothers who are struggling with the exact thing that I was struggling with four years ago. So don't be afraid to lean on others, to, you know, tell your story, to... Um, take advice from people who have already been through it. You won't, again, every journey is different, so not every piece of information will be useful, but you will always be able to glean something that will be helpful and maybe that just reach out um, to others. Don't be afraid to ask for help because everybody needs help at one time or another.
0: I think that's a great message to end up, that everybody needs help. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And if you're a mom who is struggling you can reach out. You can even reach out. I'm sure yes, you would be more absolutely. than happy. To, uh, Stacey would be more than happy to, sh- to share her story with you more. But for now, we thank Stacey for coming in and sharing just a little part of her story and the journey that she's on. Thank you, Anna Rose. I thank you, and thank you for watching.